Broadcasting from the blueberry capital of the world, WNJH HD1 Hamilton. WNJH Radio, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this site or the radio station and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. This site does not endorse anything as the truth. That you will have to judge for yourself, but we try to speak the truth on the owner's behalf and reserve the right to question the supposed truth. It is sometimes hard to get the truth, but we must try. It is not our intention to libel, discriminate, make hate, or annoy anyone. This site takes no responsibility for the opinions of others in the postings of comments in chat rooms or forum posts. WNJH Radio presents Voice of Freedom, a weekly political call-in show heard every Thursday at 7 p.m. Voice of Freedom will cover national, state, and local politics. Now here's your host, Dr. Otto Hernandez. Good evening, everyone. Otto Hernandez, your host, as always, as every Thursday, the Voice of Freedom radio program coming to you live from the blueberry capital of the hemisphere, Hamilton, New Jersey. Rick, how are you tonight, my friend? Oh, I am very good. Very good. After reading this week's Hammond the Gazette, I couldn't be any better. You are you are ready for a big big program tonight. I hope, right? Nah, nah. Sorry. Did no. you bring your A game tonight, Rick? Nope, never, never. Not for you. For you. So you brought your C game, which yes. is usually about the most I can hope for yes. out of my producer. Yes, I didn't right. bring my A game on for the pastor. <laughs> not for you. That's good to know. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Folks, we got a great program for you tonight. We're going to talk from the local to the national tonight. Usually we, we, you know, we kind of focus a little bit more on the national, a little bit less on the local and state stuff, but tonight we're going to spread it around. We have a great guest coming on tonight, and he'll be on very shortly in the first half hour of the program, and that's our Congressman Jeff Van Drew. Looking forward to talking to the Congressman. I had the pleasure of speaking with him on Sunday at a local Republican event. Great guy. Great guy, very personable, um, and I think he will really, really do a good job for us on the air tonight. We're going to talk about his. I'm going to talk to him a little bit about his conversion from the Democrat Party to the Republican Party, which was a you know significantly monumental event in American politics, uh, defecting from the Democrat Party to the Republican Party. And, uh, you know, talk to him about the the whys and wherefores, how the process happened, and uh, where he feels the Democrat Party kind of failed. Failed him, failed us. So looking forward to that. Should be a great interview, Rick. Yes, it should be. He's, <laughs> I actually met him many, many years ago when he used to be our senator for the state. Mm-hmm. Very nice gentleman. I thought he was always fair. Yeah, and he's done yeah. a great job. Even as a Democrat, uh, he was a, a a really good representative. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to have him. So we'll talk a little bit to the congressman. We'll talk uh, tonight. I want to talk a little bit about the Supreme Court process that's going on. This week was another eventful week as we watched the— uh, the Democrat Party embarrassed themselves yet again on national television. Um, Amy Comey Barrett um, is uh, is so far is so far above these people that it's not even funny. They can't even hope to be in her league as far as class, intelligence, comportment, professionalism. Uh, she basically embarrassed a whole bunch of them. So we'll be talking about that a little bit. 
I want to talk a little bit about Nancy Pelosi's meltdown on national TV on the Wolf Blitzer program. Uh, that was must-see TV, and if you haven't watched that, if you didn't get to see it yet, you might want to YouTube that because it is it is uh, a pleasure to watch. I'm, I'm firmly convinced that uh, Nancy periodically before going on these interviews has a nip or two, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe she does it to kind of take the edge off. She seems a little high strung, Nancy. So maybe she has a little, you know, a little nip, maybe two or three sometimes to kind of take the edge off. And uh, it, I think it has an impact on her performance. I, I, it, it, but what's her she, choice? She was under the influence that particular interview, yeah, I was. must say. She, she yeah, I mean, when you look at her, it's yeah. like, what, what is with this chick? What right. is with her? You know, this, this woman is just a, uh, but I want to know what her choice of drink is because maybe we all should be drinking it. I got a feeling that she goes for for the. Uh, she's a vodka drinker. A I, vodka? Yeah, yeah, I got a feeling she's a vodka drinker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's good for the hangovers. You know, you don't get the bad, really bad hangovers yeah, from vodka. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so they tell me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm. I mean, but yeah, the bluff was. I'm a you. I'm a tea drinker myself, so I I don't really know those types of things. But uh, but the CNN interview was. Wolf quite, Blitzer and Wolf quite, Blitzer and, and you know and Wolf Blitzer is hardly the opposition. I mean, Wolf Blitzer goes out of his way to placate the Democrats. I mean, you know, and we know this. CNN and MSNBC are basically the marketing the marketing branches of the Democrat Party. Uh, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't know what negative negative media is if it smacked her in her in her stretched out face. Um. If she had to deal with what Trump deals with on a daily basis, she would probably explode. But uh, she she kind of lost it a little bit with the Wolf Man. <laughs> it was something to behold. But the story of the week: forget Supreme Court, forget Joe Biden's kid. We'll talk about Hunter Biden. The uh, you know, the prodigal son of gibberish Joe. We'll talk a little bit about him tonight and his escapades. <laughs> Another beauty. But the story of the week, Rick, is a local one. Yes, right? it is. Very local. The, the, the political story of the week is a local one. Yes. As, as you and many of our listeners know, I'm running for council in the beautiful town of Hamilton on the Republican ticket. And uh, this week, the Hamilton Gazette, the local, the local paper, interviewed candidates. They wanted to interview all six candidates running for the three open council seats. And uh, the, the Republican candidates, the three of us, all answered questions and were quite happy to meet with the Gazette reporter. Great guy by the name of Joe Bernardo. A shout out to Joe, whom I've known for a long time. Terrific guy. And uh, our opposition declined to be interviewed. Yes. I mean, just flat out declined to be interviewed. Yes, they did. Uh, kind of a mystery because, uh, you know, first of all, they didn't give a reason. Uh, second of all, the Gazette's questions weren't exactly probing. They weren't exactly looking for answers to, you know, to, to cure world hunger and, you know, the the... Um, how to deal with communist China. I mean, the, the questions were kind of benign, as I mentioned to the editor. Uh, I thought the questions were kind of softball questions. They were, they were legitimate. They were fair questions, but they didn't exactly put the candidates on the spot. 
you know, to talk about their record or anything like that. The questions were kind of harmless, I thought. But uh, our opposition de de declined to be interviewed. They're, it's what I call the silence of the lambs strategy. Yes. Yes. They have they have decided that they are going to be silent mm -hmm. uh, and let their record speak for itself, Yes, I suppose, mm -hmm. uh, in light of the fact that two of the three candidates are incumbents and there are, of the, the six people running, there are two incumbents and, and both of them are on the opposition party. So I suppose their strategy is we will just let our record speak for itself. Um, mm hmm which is fine. I'm okay with that. If that's, if that, you know, it's, it's hard to know what their strategy is. Cause again, they didn't, they didn't verbalize their strategy. So we don't really know <laughs> what they're thinking, <laughs> but, uh, I assume that's what their strategy is. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Joe Biden thing, elect me and I'll let you know what I'm thinking after you elect me type of thing. Yes. Um, that's generally not the way that, that, People like to be informed about whom to vote for. Mm -mm, not at all. You know, we we want to know what what the candidates are thinking to to enable us to make an informed decision on who to vote for. Yes. Um, and uh, having to guess <laughs> is kind of odd. It is. But uh, I don't recall. I don't recall ever seeing that. I, and and the the local newspaper does a very good job every year. Of interviewing the candidates that are that are running for for uh, office. Yes, they do. And uh, I don't recall ever no. having a, 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 a in this particular case the entire ticket boycotting the boycotting the interview. Yes. Do you? I mean, no. has it ever happened in your recollection? I. It's a puzzler. No, it hasn't. I I, <laughs> I really don't know what what uh, what that's all about. It's uh, it's kind of an odd situation, but anyway, we'll talk more about that tonight, right, and maybe take uh, any calls right and, now to after the Congress. And maybe some of our so callers, call uh, uh, maybe some of our callers will that would like to call and talk about that. Uh, we certainly encourage that. So uh, we'll see, we'll see. So you know, again, a lot to talk about tonight. Um, uh, my my good friend. Mario Cuomo, governor of New York's. Uh, I didn't know you guys were friends. When did or, that happen? Or Ma Mario. Andrew. Andrew. Mario well, was his father, yeah, yeah, uh, his who father. was who, twice the man St. Andrew is, but actually released a book this week. Oh, no. Not another book from a Democrat. And the book is called Leadership Lessons. Okay? Leadership Lessons, Ooh. you know, from the COVID, the COVID virus. So Cuomo, who decided that it would be a good idea to put COVID patients into nursing homes, thereby, you know, causing the deaths of about 6,500 New Yorkers that, that we know of, is uh, wrote a book about how to be a great leader. In the meantime, in the book, and I read some excerpts in the last couple of days of the book, um, he absolves himself of any responsibility and blames the, uh, naturally, blames the Trump administration, uh, even though it was his executive order that, that forced the nursing homes into taking uh, COVID patients. So, the, you know, Democrats are kind of priceless in that regard. Uh, they, they, they have a, a tremendous difficulty in, in a, accepting responsibility for anything. Um, we see that with our own governor in the, in the state of New Jersey uh, as far as accepting responsibility. It's just not something they're very good at. They're very good at deflecting and, uh, 
blaming the other side for their foibles. In the meantime, these are folks that have been in power for years and years, Democrat-run uh, uh, state of New York, and uh, it's been going on for a while, and Democrat-run cities and so forth. So anyway, um, looking forward to a terrific show. We're going to have the congressman on in a little bit, and um, we're going to take a short break right now and uh, reach out to Congressman Van Drew, and we'll come right back on the flip side. So we'll stay tuned. In a couple of minutes, we'll be right back with the congressman. Hi, this is Atlanta County Surrogate James Curcio. Did you know the surrogate's office handles an average of 1,000 transactions a month? Most families have only a few occasions in their lifetime when they need to contact the surrogate. But I know every one of those calls is important, and I strive to make sure that whenever you reach out to the surrogate's office, you will receive prompt, courteous, and professional service. We are here to provide you and yours with caring and compassionate service and to give every matter the personal attention that you deserve. It's been my honor and privilege to be your surrogate for the past 10 years, and I am respectfully asking for your vote in the upcoming election. I'm in column A on your ballot. Please check out our website at www.aclink.org surrogate or call me anytime at 609-705-2572. That's 609-705-2572. The Atlantic County Surrogates Office. We're here when you need us. Paid for by Jim Curcio for Surrogate. Circuit Shack Security and Wiring Incorporated in Sicklerville, New Jersey, offers a full range of security products and provides unmatched 24-hour emergency service, including home integration, custom lighting solutions, whole house audio, video, burglar, fire alarm, and telephone systems, home automation and control, and so much more. Call Circuit Shack Security and Wiring Incorporated at 609-561-4124 or visit them on Facebook. That's Circuit Shack Security and Wiring Incorporated. Now back to Voice of Freedom with your host, Dr. Otto Hernandez. Voice of Freedom radio program. We are back after our brief commercial break. And it uh, gives me great pleasure to introduce our congressman tonight, Congressman Jeff Van Drew, who's been very gracious to come on our program and talk to us about all things to do with his campaign, what's going on with um, U.S. government and, and other things of that nature. And, uh, Congressman, it's great to have you on tonight. Otto, it's great to be with you. Thank you for the service that you do. And it's just a, a really important time in our history. And I think that everybody has to know that and feel it. There's never been a time that any of us have been alive where it was more important to vote and we're imp more important to make sure that the right people get into office. This is a really transitional time where we have to do the right thing. Congressman, I, I couldn't agree more, um, and I've been telling all my Republican friends that under no circumstances can any one of us take an election off. All hands on deck. Every Republican must go out and vote. It's crucial. We, you're absolutely right. And it's not—what it's about is not even—it's more than—I mean, of course, I'm, believe me, there's no stronger Republican than me now. I, I, I am fully— uh, proud to be where I am and proud to be doing what I'm doing. But it's about the future of America. 
this is a very serious election. You know, I love history, and I read it all the time, and I read about the amazing people. I wish, you know, our kids were all taught this in school, the amazing people who founded this country, you know, when uh, the Tocqueville came here and saw from France and saw what America was and the ability for people to achieve success, to achieve greatness, for people to believe what they want to believe in faith, to do what they want to do as far as their education, as far as their children, as far as their life. We still have that to a great degree, but this year, if we don't do the right thing, we're going to lose a lot of it. Mm-hmm. This is the year that, quite frankly, Nikita Khrushchev, who probably most of the people who are listening don't know who he was, <laughs> but spoke about one time in a speech and said that America won't just be destroyed from the outside. That will never happen. It will destroy itself from the inside. We can't let that happen. We have to be the country of greatness and strength. And that's why even what what I talk about in my campaign is a strong America, strong in manufacturing, much stronger than we have been in the past, what the president speaks about, uh, a strong country about its supply chain. We have to make sure that we are able, we don't, we don't have to go hat in hand with our tail between our legs to China to beg for PPE or to beg for help when we have a COVID virus strong with our military to make sure that we have the best and strongest military always because, again, as Ronald Reagan said, no country is ever attacked because it's too strong. Mm -hmm. Strong in our faith, strong in our values, strong being that literally what I talk about all the time and I'm copying because it's something another great Ronald Reagan and others said um, that shining city on the hill. Yes. We are so lucky to be here, and we can't give it up. So this year, oddly enough, all the people that we speak to, that you speak to, that I speak to, that we all speak to, have in their hands the ability to make sure that America continues to be the place that we love, that we cherish, that our grandchildren and children and great-grandchildren can experience the same greatness that we did. Mm-hmm. Congressman, I, I agree with you 100%. As you, as you might remember, I come from a family of Cuban immigrants. Yes. And, uh, you know, all of us are blessed, and I tell everyone I know I am blessed every morning to wake up in the greatest country in the world. Uh, and it is a blessing, and it is something that, that for some reason or other a lot of folks overlook underestimate the value um, of what we have here in the U.S. of A. It is, it is a remarkable country and a remarkable country in the history of the human race. And uh, we, are, we are in a, like, as you said, we're in a, in a period where we are at risk. The greatness of America is at, is at risk. Yeah. Um, the flashpoint. Yeah. Congressman, I, I, my, my, I think my listeners would really be interested in hearing the story <clears throat> of of uh, your conversion from the from the Democrat party to uh, to the GOP and uh, you know what 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 prompted it what caused it and and then a little bit about the process I know I've heard you talk about your conversations with the president and so forth and how that inspired you uh, but I think our listeners would really love to hear that I'd be proud to tell them excuse my voice a little bit I have been on the campaign trail and um, speaking to people and mm-hmm. media all day. So if I lose it a little bit, it will come back. Sure. But 
I've always been a moderate to a conservative, always loved America, always so proud. You know, I started from very little, um, great parents, but didn't have a whole lot. And the fact that I ended up being a dentist and being a United States congressman still to this day amazes me, but that's mm-hmm. what America's about. Yes. So I always love that. And when I, when, I, when I first moved to South Jersey, which is many, many years ago, I've lived in South Jersey many more years than anywhere else in the state or the country, uh, it's like 38 years ago. But when I, when I first did move into my town, which is a beautiful rural suburban town, and some people came to me who are good people. They were conservative Democrats. They were blue dog Democrats. Mm-hmm. And they said to me, you know, we would love you to run for township committee. Actually, I even ran for fire commissioner before that and won. But we would love you to run for township committee for council. And I said, well, are you guys sure you want me? Because I'm really kind of conservative to be a Democrat. And they said, it's the big tent. We have room for everybody. There are blue dogs. Everybody exists. So I did. And I won. And then I became mayor and won. And then I became freeholder. And, you know, I won. And also state assembly and state senate. Mm -hmm. And in all those positions, I was still able to maintain what I believed and vote the way I want to vote. And, you know, sometimes it was a little tougher in the state senate. But frankly, they just said, look, it's Van Drew. He's he's basically a Republican anyhow, but just, you know, let him alone because he's not going to go with you. Then I got into Congress. And in Congress, I just I, I never saw, which is also true at our state legislature level now, too, such dysfunction where all we did was investigate and investigate and have hearings after <laughs> hearing, spend millions upon millions of dollars, not help the American people, mm-hmm. not make productive change, not make America continue to be even better and stronger, but just to kind of do whatever it was that was political expedient, quite frankly, for the other side. And I I really felt uncomfortable with it and more and more uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable when I gave speeches and spoke about, because I never thought anybody would ever disagree with me, the greatness of our flag, the red, white, and blue. And it's not trite to say it's great. It is great. It it really exemplifies the purity and the blood that was poured out by so many men and women um, to save us and to make sure that we're great, um, and the you know the, the just the general wonderful nation that we live in. Mm-hmm. And I had people come up to me that were from supposedly my side then and say, "You're wrong. America's not a great country. It's no greater than any country in the world. In fact, it's probably lesser than most of the countries." And I was. Con- just really disgusted with that and disagreed with that. I spoke about American exceptionalism. And again, folks, you know, uh, on that side would say there is no American exceptionalism. There's nothing exceptional. And that's when I realized, boy, there's something, man, I don't agree with these people. There's something really different here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we finally got to the impeachment. Impeachment, I, I, everybody that's listening really has to, and I know they do, I know they do because you've got a good listenership that understands is one of the most serious actions that any government can take when a small elite group of people, Congress, mm-hmm. actually is able to remove the executive branch, the president, 
over the decision of the people who voted for that person, disenfranchising the voters of the country mm-hmm. because they don't like that that president. That's not what it was supposed to be. So as you know, our founding fathers spoke about impeachment and said that we really question whether we should even put it in the Constitution because we worry about that very thing happening. They mm-hmm. put it in there because they were worried if something really went awry and there were high crimes and treason, uh, you know, then then maybe, you know, that, that should be there, but never to be used. And, of course, it never was used to its full fruition. Um, and, of course, the people on the other side in Congress, the Democrats, wanted to use it and did use it and have the vote. And I really thought about this. I want you to know, Otto, I really, I, I, I read a tremendous amount. I, I read again two or three times what impeachment's really about, what our founding fathers thought, what the law is, what's constitutional and not. There was no way that impeachment ever, ever should have taken place mm-hmm. because you don't like somebody and disagree with them. No. You know what takes, takes care of that? Elections. That's what takes care of that. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I said. And I said it on radio shows and television shows and on, you know, Fox and just anywhere I could. Um, And, of course, I did not vote for the inquiry and I did not vote for the impeachment itself. And I'm proud that I didn't. And I will be on the better side of history because of it. But after that happened, Democratic leaders, both locally and federally, threatened me. They said if you before actually it happened, they said, if you don't vote for it, we will make your life hell. Those were the words. Mm-hmm. You will never get the line again, which is important in New Jersey. You'll never get to run again. You'll never win again, which, you know what? If I wanted to win again as a Democrat, I could have. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be part of this anymore. I wanted to be part of something that really stood up for America. So I went home, and then I went back to Washington the next day. And of all things, I got a call. This is all exactly how it happened from the white house mm-hmm. they said the president of the united states would like to meet with you and hell the president of the united states wants to meet with you. you're going to meet with him right of course and and i did and we sat down for an hour and a half and we spoke about life spoke about family spoke about america spoke about everything and he just turned to me and he looked at me and he said jeff you should be a republican and i turned back to him and i said mr president I am going to be a Republican. And he jumped up and said, let's do it right now. And, of course, that's the funny part of the story. Um, Kellyanne Conway and all the people that were there, all the communications people said, my God, we're not ready. We don't have, you know. And I said, Mr. President, I really do have to tell my wife and kids. And, of course, I did. I mean, you just can't do something like that. And I did, and they're all Republicans now as well. Um, But the interesting thing in that was just what an amazing meeting that was and then we had this amazing just powerful um rally where everybody was on fire and we you know way down in south jersey which hadn't had a president come down as far south in new jersey as this president did since the 1800s and he i spoke a little bit he spoke a whole lot we talked about a lot of different things people were just so psyched there were republicans there were democrats there were all kinds of people there and and it was a wonderful wonderful time and of course i spoke at the convention 
And and real quickly, let me what I say at the convention. One little part mm-hmm. is what I want to say to any of our Democratic friends that are listening, because I really mean this in my heart. I will work hard for everybody, any party, whomever they are, wherever they live. But be true to yourself. Be true to your own heart. Don't be loyal or true to a party that once was and is no more. Mm-hmm. And that's the deal. So what's happening now is in the Democratic Party, they are even primarying traditional liberals to put in radicals. Mm-hmm. They are believing in open borders. They are believing in sanctuary cities. They are believing that people should defund, demean, and reduce police. I mean, so many different things that, as Americans, none of us of any race, color, or creed really in our hearts believe in. Mm-hmm. Congressman, so we, where— That's what this election's about. Where did the Democrat Party go so wrong? Because, because even, as, even as recent as four or five years ago, the radicalism that we are seeing now didn't exist where has this what what has prompted this what has caused this radical turn to the left that we are seeing now the radical now? turn by the left is oddly enough has been has been caused by the technocrats so billionaires and not just the technocrats but other people too billionaires around the world that want to see america no longer be the america that we knew and loved mm-hmm. it's really true um, and that is a major part of it. It, uh, you know, what I'll agree with you on, and I think we'll agree. I, I'm amazed how quickly it happened. Yes, and that shows, you know, what what Reagan said was so true that the loss of freedom is only one generation away. Mm-hmm. My God, it is. I was just speaking to a group of people tonight at an event. And I have another event that's coming up. I'm going to just pop in and speak to them. They have to realize that in your hands in my hands, in everybody's hands who is alive tonight, regardless of our age, is the future of freedom, not only in the United States of America, but the future of freedom in the world. Mm -hmm. It is a big, big deal. This election is a really unbelievably big deal. I don't know how else to say it, except in very (laughs) straight terms like that. No, you can't, we can't, we can't, we can't overemphasize that enough, how important it is. We can't. It is. It is. And I hope God blesses us, and I hope that the right thing happens, because, uh, you know, I, I think so many of us would be brokenhearted. We don't want to lose this country. Mm-hmm. We don't. Congressman. Just, and a me... lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. yeah no, you're, you're 100% right, Congressman. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you are, your opponent is a formidable one, um, obviously has a legacy, a legacy name. Um, how is your campaign going? Campaign's going well. We're going to win. Um, she is formidable. I mean, she has huge, unfathomable amounts of money, mm-hmm. um, huge connections, not only here, but, uh, you know, and if you read some of the stuff we wrote about, she's very invested in China. Yes. She's very invested, you know, around the world. Um, these are the internationalists. These are the people that don't necessarily believe in America first. They believe, in, and I don't want to say anything mean. I'm, I'm just not a mean person, but um, in their own success first. So her whole focus, her whole thought, you know, whether it's defunding police, which she believes in, or mm-hmm. whether it is believing in that we should open our investments 
more in China and give more to China and help China more. I, I have nothing against the Chinese people. They're good people. But the Chinese Communist Party, and by the way, part of her investments are in companies that are controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, that's not my America. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she, to me, doesn't represent anything about South Jersey, anything about our America. Neither does her husband, who is Ted Kennedy's son. Yep. Um, I, I, I think that this is a real race. And they knew. They wanted to get me. Look, to, to these folks, anybody who cares about what I'm saying, who's listening to your show, to these folks, I've got a target on my back. And they want to get me. And thank God there's oh, been a yeah. lot of good people who have helped me. And we're giving them a hell of a race. And by the way, I'm telling you now, we're going to win this thing. Yes, you are. We are going to win. We're going to win for America. But do I, am I working hard? Am I working like 15, 18 hours every single day? No doubt about it. And it's because I believe in this so strongly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that you are, Congressman. Uh, nobody's, you're not going to be outworked in this campaign, that's for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled as to how Ms. Kennedy thinks that, that you know, siding with those that want to defund the police um, and 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 some of her other positions are a winning position in South Jersey and in, in our counties, Atlantic and Cape May counties. Uh, you know, these are conservative counties. These are counties that are historically uh, quite quite Republican. Um, she she knows that there's a a good number of folks that don't agree with her on this. This mm-hmm. is her problem. She had to win the Democratic Party. The control of the Democratic Party is increasingly more progressive. Mm -hmm. So she had to win that progressive group of people. And in order to do so, she had to make sure she was very far to the left. And what she's trying to do now is to creep and claw her way back to left of middle. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not really working that well, because when you say something and you say it and it's recorded or you say it and it's in print, you know, not like fake news, but it's really there. Um, it's hard to come back. So her problem is trying to get back. So now she's actually saying she didn't say it. The unfortunate part for her is we have quotes many, many times where she did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to give you an example, the PBA, which is the Police Benevolent Association, mm-hmm. the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police. But most important to me, those are statewide and national. Nationally have supported me. But most important to me is her little town of Brigantine. I got together with some of their police chief and police officers, and in her own town, the police have endorsed and supported me. Mm-hmm. And that's what told me the story. Yep. Yeah, no no doubt about that. That, that speaks volumes. Speaks volumes. Con- yep. Congressman, I wanted to, you know, what's what's happened in the last day or so, and I just wanted to get your point of view on it. Um, the, uh, the, the New York post broke the, the Hunter Biden story in regards to emails that are pretty revelatory as to his, his comportment and his father's comportment and their involvement with, uh, with Ukraine, uh, and all the shenanigans, uh, and, uh, the, the suppression that I am seeing by the social media outlets, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and others, how do you I mean, and, and I know the Republicans have already, you know, reacted in a, in a very strong fashion and as to this this kind of, you know, essentially suppression, um, which really shouldn't be happening in the U.S. Uh, this is, you know, First Amendment country here. But uh, your take on that. 
You just said it well. This is a First Amendment country, but it's now a country that doesn't fulfill um, the greatness of the First Amendment, and it scares me. Um, it sure does, right? That should literally disqualify um, this presidential candidate from running. It shows how much lying was going on. They were trying to, you know, blame our president for things that he didn't do, yet things that really were done that were wrong, they refused to actually put out there. Again, I don't. I, I know I'm repeating myself, and I don't need to. That's why this is such an amazingly important time. And I am so hopeful and literally pray that people in general are not only watching one station or just hearing one viewpoint and that they in their belly, that in their gut, that in their heart, they know what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. That's what this is going to be about. Of course, what that was was wrong and more is going to come out at some point, especially if the president does prevail. If he doesn't prevail, you'll never hear another word. Remember, you only vote for socialism or communism one time in your life, mm -hmm. because if you vote for that, you're never going to come back. It's really rare. Yeah. No, and that's the risk we're in. Um, and right now, the, this election will determine what direction yes, we're will. going in it's uh yes, it, will. it is uh again the probably the you know and this is this is a kind of trite and we hear this over and over uh the most important election in our lifetime but i truly believe this one the importance of this one is 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 overwhelming uh, i think we're right we're not only do i agree with you and i don't think it's trite i think you're right on the money i think this is the most important election since the civil war mm -hmm. so well put. i'll go a step further yeah well put so uh, Listen, I want to thank you so much for having me on, Congressman. Uh, it's been our pleasure. Here. It's been our pleasure. Um, let's let's bring it home. Well. Let's bring it home in November. Let's cross that finish line. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, and it's because of people like you as well. Thank, so you, thank you, so you so much. Thank you. Take care. Good luck in the campaign, bye -bye. sir. All right. I'll take that luck. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a small break and come back in a minute. Let me give out the phone numbers. And uh, you're welcome to call in on any of the topics that I talked about at the top of the program, including the congressman's conversation with us. Uh, again, our number is 609-593-WNJH, 609-593-9654, 609-593-9654. You are listening to the Voice of Freedom radio program, and we'll be right back. I'm County Executive Denny Levinson. Atlanta County is recognized as one of the best-run counties in New Jersey. Under Republican leadership and our pay-as-you-go policies, we have achieved top-tier credit ratings, stable taxes, 20 perfect independent audits, and a low debt ratio. In these challenging times, we need proven leadership. Back the blue and vote column A. John Risley, James Toto, and Andrew Parker for freeholders. Jim Curcio for surrogate and Joe O'Donohue for sheriff. Paid for by the Atlanta County Republican Committee.
Looking for a place to hang out with family and friends and have a great time too? Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey, is the place for you. Dave and Steve Ruberton have kept traditions of the townhouse alive and well for more than 35 years. Open daily at 4 p.m., Rocco's Townhouse has a very large selection of micro-brew beers, both on tap and in the bottle. Along with daily dinner specials, you will never walk away hungry. Looking for something different? Rock Bottom Whiskey Bar is the place located downstairs at Rocco's Townhouse. It's open every Friday and Saturday night at 7 p.m., and it doesn't stop there. Live events from some of the greatest local bands in the area make the evening better. Look to have your next event at Rocco's Townhouse and Rock Bottom Whiskey Bar. Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey, is the place where everyone is meeting. Don't forget to visit them online at Rocco'sTownhouse.com or give them a call at 609-561-9384. That's 609-561-9384. Everyone meets at Rocco's Townhouse. Now back to Voice of Freedom with your host, Dr. Otto Hernandez. We are back. Voice of Freedom radio program. If you are just tuning in, you missed a terrific conversation we had with Congressman Jeff Van Drew, uh, a terrific guest, a great candidate. Uh, we talked a little bit about his transformation from Democrat to Republican, what prompted it. We talked about state of affairs with the Democrat Party and his own campaign against Amy Kennedy. Uh, but, it, you know, the Van Drew is a, just a terrific candidate, and I think he's continuing to do a great job for our district. Um, so it was, it was awesome having him on the air. Truly enjoyed that interview, and I enjoy all of our guests. I've never had a bad guest on this program, thank God. But uh, the congressman has to rank right up there in our top three or four. What do you think, Rick? Uh, I'm going to give him number one because he's really? our congressman. And he was right about what he was saying. Oh, he, I mean, he, he labeled it that on know, perfectly about the Democratic Party. You know, it's not the JFK Democrat Party anymore. Uh, one of our Facebook Live uh, followers, Mrs. Jean, whom I love very much, asked, uh, why, are, why do you think there aren't more people leaving the Democrat Party? It's an excellent question. I mean, I think there are people that have left the Democrat Party, or as they like to say, the Democrat Party has left them behind. Uh, but I, again, I think uh, I think you're right, Mrs. Jean. A lot of these folks are believing what the media is selling them, and the media does a very good job of camouflaging the defects of the Democrat Party. Um, you're seeing it now. Biden's kid is exposed as a, as a fraud, as a as a con artist, as a drug addict, and uh, and the media basically obscure it. You won't hear about any of these issues on the mainstream media. Um, but this is what the media does. They have been camouflaging the defects of the Democrat Party and essentially fabricating, um, you know, fabricating whatever they can against our president and. Uh, it's a shame. I wish more people would pay attention. And if they did, they would leave the Democrat Party in droves. But the congressman said it very well. I mean, the congressman sort of outlined the reasons why he left the Democrat Party, and they're all valid. He talked about the impeachment process, and I guess the impeachment process for him was the, was the deal breaker. You know, at that point in time, he said, you know, what are we doing here? What the, the, you know, this process is, is costing the country millions, and it's all about a vendetta. It's all about it's all about electing a guy that we don't like and trying to get rid of him. Uh, that's no way to run a government. Anyway, we are a talk show. We are a call-in radio show. 
and we're going to take our first caller of night, so we're going right to the phones. You are on the air. Otto, Dan from Winona. Dan from Winona. Dan, you got one up tonight, as you know, by the congressman. But, uh, you know, that's not, a, that's not a terrible thing. I mean, if you come in number two to the congressman, you're still doing <laughs> pretty know. well. You're still doing pretty well in my book, my friend. No, great. Uh, I want to commend you. Good interview. A lot of good information. Wasn't that? Wasn't he great? Wasn't the guy great? I, I loved having him on the air. I mean, I'd love to have him on every week if he wanted to come between now and election time. But Danny, weren't you yeah. supposed to be this week's guest? I mean, I would bumped you. I I wasn't going to bring that up, Rick. I I, I couldn't let you get away without bringing. Well, it up. there's I no mean. such thing as bumping. You're 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 you are. Let's say. We did a, a programming adjustment, and, oh, and programming you, will be, adjustment. you will be our featured guest next week, our featured in-studio guest next week, which is fine because we'll be a little bit closer to election time, and some of the, the financial issues that we can talk about will crystallize. So it'll be a perfect time to bring you on. But anyway, well, what, what, do you have, what do you have for us tonight? What nuggets... What financial nuggets are we going to get tonight? You know, I actually have had a lot of fans of the program tell me that their favorite segment of the program is when Dan from Winona calls to talk finance. Believe, that, that's the truth. I'm not exaggerating that. I actually have a couple of them, and, and a couple of them are actually on Facebook Live right now waving at me, saying that their favorite part of the program is when Dan from Winona the financial guru of the Voice of Freedom radio program calls in. Well, I, I mean, that uh, should I make you feel that uh, should make you feel pretty good, buddy. No, I, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, and, it uh, is. And I look and look, I look forward to being on the show. I'm I, I was all prepared. I'm doing homework. I'm doing work before the show, getting ready. Mm-hmm. So I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be ready for it. But I just. Well, he, here's what happened, you know, and and I and for a moment there, I considered the the doing the dual thing, having you in studio and having the congressman call in at the same time, and I knew that you know when the congressman called, we were going to spend a good amount of time with the congressman on air, and I really didn't want to steal any of your thunder, um, and 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 I'm being quite honest here because I truly truly look forward to having you in studio. And quite simply, I just didn't want the congressman to, to eat away at your time. So better to move you to, to next week when you are the man. There won't be yeah, a congressman. Like there won't be another, another person to, to you know, take away from your, from your air time. No, well, I know you have some local issues you want to talk about, and, uh, and I'll tell you. Plenty of time for that. that. Plenty of time. Well, you know, don't forget, we're, we're on for two hours now. We're, 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 the, all, we're, we're a two-hour program now, so we got time to talk local, state, national, you name it, finances, yeah, you but, name it. But, but, but hearing the congressman talk about, you know, kind of the, the pressure slash intimidation that, you know, if you don't, if you don't go with us on this, then we're going to make sure, you, you know, you don't, get, you don't get the support you need to win again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that story is probably, you know, that happens. It, you know, 10, 20 times an election and, and guys probably cave. Oh, well, th- they, well think about it. Think if, if, if Democrats and, you know, I give them credit for this because Republicans are not very good at, at, at you know, keeping rank. Democrats will never break ranks. 
And I, and I have to believe that some of it is the pressure that they get, the pressure that Congressman Van Drew was talking about, getting from the, from the, you know, the, 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 the bigger players in the party, Nancy Pelosi probably being one of them, um, oh, yeah. I, you know, to, to behave in a certain way. That's why you, see, you always see the Democrats in lockstep. And Republicans, you know, they're all over the place. They break ranks. They backstab each other. But the Democrats, when the time comes to win an election, they're all about the team. And, wow. and, and you know, and some of it is some of it is genuine and some of it is what the congressman was talking about. And, and what you mentioned, the pressure they're getting to behave in a certain way. Right. Uh, which which is going to influence which is going to influence their career and their and their future legitimacy in the party. Well, you and I talked about this uh, a little bit off off air, but the the power and money that Pelosi must wield. Oh my God! Just, the, just to keep her position, yep. she's a crackpot, and, yep. and and half and half her, uh, you know, her people know she is, but she still doesn't lose that spot. Never, and that's never and that's a testament to just how much power and how much money she controls. Yep. And every time, and every time it comes up where the where the house, you know, the house leadership is up for grabs, so to speak, um, it's, <laughs> you know, and they talk about, you know, it's time for somebody else, and you know, it's we need a new voice, this, that, and a third. Guess what? It ends up being the old voice. You know, it ends yeah. up being Nancy Pelosi time over and over again. It, it never oh, fails. Yeah, because she has. She has that little talk with a few with a few people. Oh yeah, about uh, you know, about their next election and and, and the support they they may or may not get. Yeah. And guess what? She gets supported. She but, makes them an offer they they can't refuse. Exactly. <laughs> Otto, but I digress. We're coming off uh, uh we're we're coming off uh, a third down day in a row today. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. Tell me about that. What the hell's going on? Is it? Uh, do I need uh, to pull money out again? <laughs> Well, it's a combination of factors. You know, well, one is the stimulus package, you know, uh, doesn't look like it's going to come down. No, that's, after, uh, that looks dead in the water. After Pelosi's stint with, with Wolf, it looks like she wants to hold off on that. Yep. Well, so that's, you know, that's number one. She feeds the homeless and the beggars and all that. She, and Wolf, uh -huh. Wolf doesn't yeah, know what it's like the, to feed the homeless, so. She goes in their fridge and gives them uh, ice cream. But. <laughs> You know, so that's part of it. Now, number two, uh, jobless claims came out today, and they were actually a little higher than uh, than anticipated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, Europe is is showing, you know, higher higher positives in their testing. I mean, it's a combination of things, and 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 you know, this has been a recurring theme here in our talks the last couple of weeks. You know, it's just going to be in this range. You yeah. know, there's not there's not a lot of reason for this market to, to get much much higher. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, it's very close to where it was in January, uh, and, and conditions are not what they were in January. So, so yeah, it's uh, I think it's going to hover around here, and I think it's a it's a tentative tentative position. You know, mm -hmm. it's at a nice level, uh, and but I think there's a lot more. That can go wrong than can go right here over the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, all we can hope for is status quo, right? The best we can hope for, I think. Yeah, and, and just hold on, and uh, and and a stimulus package will come. And uh, you think yeah, it'll happen before? You think it'll happen before the election? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. I sure mean, doesn't. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like it, but you know, it'll come. 
and uh and, and big picture you know next year and and i don't want to get ahead of ourselves here but you know we're we're going to come out of this pandemic we're going to get our arms around it and slowly but surely mm-hmm. you know more and more people are going to get back to work so things are you know things will get better but i just think uh the next the next four you know four to eight weeks could be rocky mm-hmm. well that's what we're going to talk about next week and we're going to talk about the next four to eight weeks because that's sort of the the, the microcosm of this whole year is going to take place in the next four to eight weeks so, yeah, and um, a- you know, and, and uh, you know, the congressman said it and it's been said over and over. The Trumpster has said it multiple times. But uh, I truly believe yeah. this will be the most important election in, our, in, in my lifetime. Um, Van Drew said it's the most important one since the Civil War. He may well be right. Um, but it is, uh, you know, there's a lot at stake here. There is a lot at stake in this election. Yeah, and, uh, and, and and certainly this country and the market can go in a lot of different directions. And, uh, and you know, again, I don't want to steal next week's thunder, but, but the Senate race, uh, as far as the market's concerned, the Senate race may be more important than the, than the presidential race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've, I've said, I mentioned that last week, and I, and I will agree with you. Um, not that I want to lose the White House, but I, I, I'm almost inclined to believe that losing the Senate can actually be more damaging than losing the White House. Yeah, and, and no, and I agree, and uh, and we certainly can, uh, you know, talk about why that is next week. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, yes, that's uh, yeah, I think it's a more important race. Mm-hmm. But listen, Otto, I'll uh, I'll go back. Uh, I'll go back and do my work, do my research, bring notes. I in. want to see you. I want to see you prepped up. You know how Biden, how prepped up Biden was for that first debate. That's how I want to see you. I want to see you prepped up for next week. I may even have an earpiece in with somebody feeding me information. Okay, or or whatever you know, contact lenses that are you know <laughs> transcribing for you in front of your eyes. Whatever it takes. Okay, what I don't even care what kind of shenanigans you use. I want you. Not your A game, your triple A game. I'm like Amy Coney Barrett. I don't need notes. I don't need anything. It's on my head. Well, yeah. You and Amy Coney Barrett have something in common. What it is, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I'm sure you do. But anyway, we'll we'll find out next week. We'll find out next week. Looking forward to it, unless, of course, uh, you know, another congressperson comes. Well, if I, I, that could November, happen. That could happen. As you know, now that now that other Congress folks have found out that Van Drew was on the Voice of Freedom, they're going to be knocking at the door next. So, but now you know what? I don't care who knocks on the door next week. You are on the docket for next week, my friend. Okay, you are you are the featured guest on the Voice of Freedom radio program next week. I'm always here for you, Otto. Rick, yes, you are. See you next week. See you next week, buddy. All right. Dan from Winona, as always, one of the Voice of Freedom radio program's favorite callers. Rick, do we have another caller? We do not have another caller at this moment. Let me give out the number, 609-593-9654. 609-593-WNJH. Which... Oh, looks like we have a call coming in. So we'll go right to the phones, right back to the phones. You are live on the air, Voice of Freedom radio program. Hi, Mr. Dr. Renato, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. You're live on the air. 
right, thank you, sir. This is uh, Rick from Hamilton calling. Yes, Rick. Hi, how are you tonight, hey, Rick? I am doing fantastic, and I hope you're doing the same. Yes, I am. Anytime I get to be on the air and talk politics, I'm having a great time. <laughs> there you go. I I want to congratulate you. Uh, it was a pleasure listening to our Congressman Van Drew. Your show is really taking off, and I it's only going to go even higher. So I appreciate but that, I Rick. That, the, 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 all kudos to the Congressman. He's a terrific interview and a, and a, just a, a just a wonderful guy. Great great public speaker. Uh, just just a pleasure to have him on the program. And it was a pleasure hearing from him. Uh, I just wanted to tie my uh, phone call into you to, to I want to tie it into two uh, categories tonight. Sure. One with Congressman Van Drew is that he, like him, I was once a registered Democrat mm-hmm. for a lot of years. I remember you spoke I, about that one time on the program a few a few it, weeks ago. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I just want to uh, bring that to your uh, listeners' attention that, you know, I also believed in the Democratic Party, but I started to change just like he did because I feel like my party, I didn't leave my party, my party left me mm-hmm. with their platform. And I did it a, a couple years earlier than Congressman Van Drew did. Uh, I don't agree with their platform, you know. I believe in uh, the Republican platform right now, so that's why I did my change. Mm-hmm. And number two, Getting, getting toward local politics. Yes. I uh, really was disappointed that did not hear from the Hamilton First candidates responding to the Hamilton Gazette's uh, question. They're yes. using they're using what I call the silence of the lambs strategy. Well, Rick. <laughs> well, that's okay. That, that, whatever they're interviewed, in, but I remember. <laughs> I can remember as far as I can remember the candidates for running for council. Always responded to the local paper Absolutely. on their views. Absolutely. Gave, right. And they didn't do that. So I don't know if it's just out of arrogance or confidence or whatever it was. But I or, now or childishness. don't know what a platform they're running on. <laughs> uh huh. And, you know, I ran for local politics last year, too. And we got challenged. They told us that they wanted to debate us and all that, and we wanted to agree. We wanted to debate too, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden, I'm going to mention the name because I got I got I got the uh, phone calls uh, on my system that says that the the ringleader or the man behind the curtain, Jim Donio, was challenging us. I was getting phone calls as long as my other running mates were, like midnight at 12 o'clock at night, saying, what are you going to debate? Well, we wanted to debate them, mm-hmm. but they didn't, we've got to have terms. You know, you've got to have terms. It can't be like a circus. Right. And they won't agree to the terms. Okay, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to allow us to uh, answer a follow-up question. Uh, who's going to be in the audience? You know, because a few years before, uh, uh, Mayor running for our council, Mickey Pelea, they did the same thing to him, and he went into a gauntlet. So, you know, the old saying is, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, twice shame on me. Mm-hmm. Well, we weren't going to get fooled this time, but we they couldn't come up with a system to do the debate. So now it seems like all of a sudden now they don't even want to put their platform out. Yeah, it's, it's a mystery. 
Um, they're yeah, they're taking the is. they're taking the Joe Biden approach. The voters don't they don't deserve to know. They don't. <laughs> we, exactly. But you ele- want to know really Elect us, like and you'll find out after the election. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, uh, I think the people of Ta- Hamilton are starting to wake up to this. I mean, it's time for a change. And like I said, and I I I, I, I enjoyed listening to Congressman Van Drew. Uh, you know, because I, I relate to him because we were both sure. Democrats mm-hmm. that we feel the party left us, that we had to switch over. And with you and your and your running mates running uh, this year, uh, I really feel that the people of Hamilton are starting to wake up and see what's really going on and who the man behind the curtain is really running the Hamilton first ticket. Mm-hmm. So... I wish you good luck, and uh, hopefully things will turn out for the best for our town of Hamilton. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. Appreciate your call, I, and I and appreciate your, your candor and honesty as well. And I and I thank you so much for taking my call, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. All right, Okay. Rick. Uh, thank you, care. Rick. Good night. Yeah, it's kind of a mystery. Um, and, again, I'm not sure that this benefits – Anybody running for office, refusing to answer questions from the media, uh, refusing to participate in honest discussion prior to an election. Um, you know, Rick from Hamilton said maybe it's maybe it's arrogance, maybe it's overconfidence. Could be. It could be all those. Uh, uh, and throw in a healthy dose of, uh, let's call it childish petulance um, that... Uh, you know, they don't feel that they need to bother. Um, you know, maybe they they feel that the Republican ticket is nothing more than dandruff on their on their shoulders, <laughs> and should just be brushed off, not necessarily paid a lot of attention to. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the voters have to say about it on November third. Uh, that's the beauty of America. The voters always decide. Um, anyway. Give out the phones yet again, 609-593-9654, 609-953-WNJH. And we're at about the midpoint of our program this evening. Voice of Freedom broadcasting to you live as we do every Thursday night from 7 to 9 from the blueberry capital of the hemisphere, Hamilton, New Jersey. Beautiful Hamilton, New Jersey. Rick, have you had a, an opportunity to watch any of the Supreme Court uh, hearings. Yeah. Um, yes, Amy, I have. Amy Coney Barrett and the Democrat uh, Party sideshow. Yes, yes. I lucky enough to turn it on just as our lovely U.S. Senator was getting on, and I mean, I, I, I thought he had another asparagus moment. I mean, I mean he had an he had what? Let's call it an asparagus asparagus moment. moment? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we could go with that. I mean, once again. Senator Asparagus had an asparagus moment. I mean, once again, we got to have an embarrassing senator from our state. Uh, you know, it's like the guy. The guy is is so full of himself that that he's he's truly laughable. Um, you can see it when he speaks. He he actually thinks he actually thinks so highly of himself that uh, that he actually you know it's it it, it his his. False bravado and false sense of confidence comes through the screen, but he's actually a, a significantly shallow individual. He he doesn't really have much substance to him. He's no, not at he, all. He he is stylish. Uh, 
okay? He's very expressive. He does a lot of great faces and, and you know, facial motions and hand oh. motions. Um, but uh, when it, when push comes to shove, he's uh, he's he's the if you if you looked up the expression "empty suit" in the in the in in one of the online search engines, Cory Booker would come up. He might be the emptiest suit in the Senate, and that's saying a lot when you have the likes of Amy Klobuchar and Sheldon Whitehouse and. Macy, I, you know, the, the winner of the week for me might be that Macy Hirono from Hawaii. When she asked what notes? When she asked, uh, she asked Amy Coney Barrett if she had ever, I forget how she worded it, if she had committed any kind of sexual yes. crimes mm-hmm. or, yes. or was she inclined to. Here's a woman sitting there with her seven kids. Okay. Absolutely. Sitting behind her. Yes. And you had this dim bulb. Okay. And Harona might be the dimmest of all the dim bulbs. Okay. In the Senate, asking Amy Comey Barrett if she if she's ever committed any sexual crimes or yes, you know, I believe it's sexually assaulted or sexually some, yeah, assaulted, assaulted anyone. Somebody, or, I mean, right. some this kind of gibberish. I mean, what possesses these people to say the things they say? Do they realize how stupid they sound to the American no, people? They don't. That's, I mean, they don't. But the, but it, it, I mean, again, does isn't there somebody there to advise them of how stupid they sound? No. Klobuchar, this condescending, just overbearing and condescending. They, and and Barrett did, was was fantastic. Yes, she, she was, was fantastic. Absolutely Un- unflappable. She maintained her composure. Yes, never once contrast her. And I was thinking about this when when you know the the vice presidential candidate that Joe Biden so wisely chose, Kamala Harris, was asking her questions, and it it remi- it I was reminded of the Harris and Pence debate when. Harris sat there, and every time Pence said something, Harris is sitting there rolling her eyes, making facial gestures, smirking, you know, this this overbearing obnoxiousness. And in the meantime, Barrett is sitting there listening to total, total imbecilic, moronic nonsense, and she didn't make a face. No. Didn't roll her eyes, no, didn't make a face, nope. didn't have this ridiculous body language Mm-mm. displaying class, professionalism, composure. In the meantime, the woman running for, for as the vice president of the United States with Joe Biden couldn't maintain her composure for 30 seconds no, during the debate without, no. without going into these eighth grade, you know, mm-hmm. eighth grade Yes. Histrionics, rolling her eyes, and and behaving like a total imbecile. A remarkable contrast between the two of them. Um, and and you know Barrett just knocked it out of the ballpark. I thought. Oh, I I think this is the best choice that the president picked. Yeah. I mean, she like you said, she didn't flinch once. No. And then when the senator from Hawaii asked if she was taking any notes. And showed a notepad with nothing on nothing it. Nothing on it. I thought that was a classic yeah. moment because she just showed that she could, you know, be do it. I mean, there's no, 
No doubt about it. I mean, she didn't need notes. No. First of all, a woman has a has a, a a remarkable wealth of knowledge and memory. She's quoting court cases. I mean, she's she's you know you could see how this woman, and and she's also a, a law professor. Um, if if I were a law student and I had the privilege to sit in her class, I would be I would be flabbergasted at how good this woman is. Um, just a just a tremendous performance by her, and the desperation. Okay, the and 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 it's abject desperation on the part of the Democrats up there. They look helpless. They look helpless. They look like they are drowning. They look like they have already lost. And all I keep hearing about is how Biden is a 91% chance of winning the election, according to these prognosticators, and so on and so forth. In the meantime, Biden has the event, and he can't draw flies. Well, no. And the Trumpster, the Trumpster is Superman, by the way. Yes. Right? He had coronavirus for what? 15, 20 minutes, yes. and, and the next thing you know, the guy's testing negative, and he's out on the back on the campaign trail, right. sleeping five hours a day, uh, ready to roll. The guy is, uh, uh, at age 74, has the energy, you know, of, of people half his age, uh, just a, you know, tremendous, tremendous performer. Uh, again, rallies an hour, hour and a half, and I think he's best when he keeps the rallies to about an hour. He yes. doesn't need to go to the hour and a half. But, but you're right. He's irrepressible. You're not going to hold him back. He's going to say pretty much right. whatever he wants to say. Absolutely. And if he wants to go to an hour and a half, there's nobody going to stop no. him. <laughs> but I, I think the the Joe Biden of the week comment is when he got in front of the mic and said, "I am running for U.S. Senate." Yes. I, I mean that has to and be. He's, and he's said that multiple times. Yes. You know, I think I think he has said he's running for the Senate more times than he said he's running for president. president. But I mean. <laughs> Again, what are they thinking? But as I said to you, the ultimate game plan is the second in command. That's the, the game plan. The ultimate game plan, as as the congressman very astutely noted, is is the globalists that are really running the Democrat Party. No doubt about that. All of these Democrats that are in office, and and that includes Biden and Kamala Harris, are really are really shallow individuals they don't none of them have a lot to say or a lot to offer by way of leadership um they're puppets they are they are basically cardboard cutouts um that are propped up by the globalists to uh, to get them elected uh, everyone knows what's happening in this country with law and order and and i, sh I say everyone knows uh, maybe not maybe a lot of people don't know but the the the, the funding that is coming from the globalists, led primarily by George Soros. And Soros has been extremely influential in numerous elections across the country, funding campaigns. Um, he's been a particular funding source for district attorney races. He got the Philadelphia's district attorney, Krasner. I call it the Kenny and Krasner clown show in, in Philadelphia, what's going on there. But these liberal district attorneys who continue to let people loose, um, very, very little if no bail, um, as the crime rates in these urban centers continues to rise. But this is all by design. Um, and again, it's the globalists that are doing this to create chaos and uncertainty in America. 
<clears throat> and create a, and create an opportunity for their candidates. Um, what's happening is uh, is is really reprehensible. Well, just like today, uh, Mayor Bloomberg put a lot of money into Florida again. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got money to burn. This yes, guy. I mean, if he has so much, he could do- donate some of that money to true homeless people. <laughs> he's not interested in that. They're no. interested in power. They couldn't yes, care less about absolutely. the homeless. They could, anytime they care about something, run the other way. Yes. Because they don't care about anything other than power. Maintaining it, retaining it, obtaining it. That is what they care about. Let's go to the phones. You're live on the air, Voice of Freedom. Hello, Dr. Hernandez. This is Mike from Hamilton. Mike from Hamilton. Mike, where have you been? We haven't we haven't heard from you for weeks. Uh, it's, it's a busy election season. I was ready to put out county. I was ready to put out an APB for Mike from Hamilton. No, I, I, I've been running around the county helping my buddy. But uh, I think the enthusiasm for Trump and Van Drew is still high in South Jersey. I, I don't believe what the pundits are saying. Because, uh, I mean, I go around the county, and I've never seen the anger in, in these lefties this year. Cause, uh, Desperation. People, I help put up signs, and people ask for Trump signs, Van Drew signs, mm-hmm. and I try to give the people whatever they want. But the people on the left, they are literally going into people's yards, private property, stealing the Trump signs. I've never seen such lashing out. It's uh, I, I think you're right. I, I think it's happening more this election cycle than I've ever seen it. And, and I, I think the people are sitting there quietly and, you know, the, you know, this is, people are allowed to express their opinion. I get, I get aggravated when people are afraid to put a Trump sticker on their car. I said, this is America. I mean, if, if we can't express, uh, you know, what presidential candidate we want, you know, we're not doing the right thing in, in the USA, but you know what, Mike, it, though, it, I, I, I'm going to say this, Mike, and, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I am. I am seeing more Trump signs, more Trump hats, more Trump T-shirts, more Trump this, that, and a third than I did in 2016. I think you're right. I I was in I was in A. Carver Township yesterday, and somebody set up like a little roadside stand on uh-huh. a you know on a vacant piece of property. There was 15 cars there. He was selling Trump flags, uh-huh. and people are digging into their own pocket, spending money for a Trump flag, a Trump sticker. And if you go around and really look at some of the houses, people have homemade Trump signs. Mm-hmm. Big it, ones, it's, big uh, ones. Yeah. Almost it, billboard it, size. It, it, well, well, there's one in May's Landing where the guy, was, he kept getting his lawn sign stolen. So he must have been a builder. He literally erected like a billboard size mm-hmm. sign on his open field. Mm-hmm. It's literally as big as a billboard. I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, it's just it's, it's <laughs> it, well, the aggravating part is these young high school kids or these you know they're obviously on the other team, but they get out of their car and they walk onto people's private property and take. You know, uh, you know, a political sign. Right. It's it's not right. It, it's never really been like that. Too bad around, you know, our area. Yeah. But it's it's it, worse it, than it, ever this year, though. And and I think it's I think some of it is desperation. I, 
you know, they keep saying Biden is winning and Biden's ahead in the polls and so on and so forth. I've never seen anybody that is winning behaving in yeah. this way. You know, if you're ahead, if you're ahead, you're not playing with desperation. The guy who's trying to catch up is playing with desperation. But if you look at Trump, Trump is look, Trump looks like he's ahead. When you see Trump, he doesn't I don't get the feeling that Trump thinks he's behind. And I look at Biden and his followers and I get the feeling that forget what the polls are telling you or the pundits, they they feel they're behind. Well, they're sticking with the same game plan. It's it's like a rerun of an old movie. We saw the same thing in 2016 that Trump's not winning. Trump's not winning mm-hmm. uh, until the people went and voted, and Trump won. Right there in square. Yep. And you know they don't like it, and they spent four years obstructing, making up stories about Russian. You know mm-hmm. the Russians are influencing all us Americans. They're sticking with the same game plan because their ideas are not good enough. But I do want to tell the people the extra obstacle this year is what Murphy did. Murphy does not let us vote the way that we like to vote, quickly and in person. So the people have to really focus and get their ballots in Mm -hmm. and take it to the drop box. There's a drop box on the Hamilton Municipal Steps. Yep. It's a secure lockbox. Or you could just mail it, it but, but I would do it quickly mm-hmm. because uh, if, they're, if, you know, if the signature doesn't look right, don't, you know, they might want to ask you a question, you know, is, is, this your, is this your signature? But I would not wait until Election Day because it's going to be crowded. Yeah. I think as a public service announcement, you, you should tell all the Hamiltonians to fill out the ballot if you're Democrat, Independent, Republican, uh, let's make sure the Hamilton votes uh, get counted at least, That's and then it. we could, uh, you know, yeah. we, we could shake hands and have, you know. Uh, you know, that's what's supposed to happen. You have an election, you shake hands, and then you have another election. Mm-hmm. But the, the, these guys that are in power and want to stay there for life are changing the rules, and it's really not fair. Yeah, but no, well we said. have to live with it. Well said. And yeah. and your suggestion for a PSA is is uh, acknowledged. And I okay. will make sure, yeah. and I will make sure that between now and election day, that we talk about that each and every program, the importance of getting that vote out, getting that vote out as early as possible. Okay, your first option should be that Dropbox, but if not, if not the Postal Service. But again, as I have said many times, and I'll say it again here, each and every Republican needs to get out. We can't have lazy Republicans on this one. Everybody, no, all hands on deck. Correct. Everybody get out. Everybody get out correct. and vote. Every I, single I, I, vote's going to matter. All the Republicans, all the independents, and, and you know what? The Democrats could vote, too. I mean, Murphy's system hurts them. It hurts them, too, you know. But they're used to, you know, they, they got some really paid operatives that know how to milk this mail-in ballot system. But they, every American's got to look in the mirror and make sure you get your vote counted. Yep. So. Well said. All right, good, great show, great show. I'll listen Mike, to did the, you uh, did you have the uh, did, did you have the opportunity to listen when uh, the congressman was on earlier? No, I missed the first part, but I'll, I'll get it on the podcast. Get it on the I, podcast, I or, or or get it on the replay on Facebook Live. The congressman was outstanding. Yeah. It was a, a great no, segment. I, I always check your podcast if I do miss it. Keep up the good work. All right, Mike. Great to hear I'll from see you. Bye bye, Mike from Hamilton. A great call, and Mike is absolutely right, folks. Get those votes in if you haven't already done so. There are There is a significant amount of the public that has already voted. 
And I think it's to everyone's benefit that we get those votes in as early as possible and get those votes counted as early as possible. Um, I think the closer we get to the back end of the election, the more potential we have for things going awry. So let's get those votes in. Let's get them in early. And again, every Republican that you know, okay, drag them, drag them, and drag their vote, right, their ballot right to those boxes. We need each and every Republican to participate in this election. It is too important to sit it out, way too important to sit it out. We're going to take a commercial break, and before that, let me give out the number, 609-593-9654. 609-593-9654. 609-RIC-593-WNJH, WNJH. and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Atlanta County Surrogate James Curcio. Did you know the surrogate's office handles an average of 1,000 transactions a month? Most families have only a few occasions in their lifetime when they need to contact the surrogate. But I know every one of those calls is important, and I strive to make sure that whenever you reach out to the surrogate's office, you will receive prompt, courteous, and professional service. We are here to provide you and yours with caring and compassionate service and to give every matter the personal attention that you deserve. It's been my honor and privilege to be your surrogate for the past 10 years, and I am respectfully asking for your vote in the upcoming election. I'm in column A on your ballot. Please check out our website at www.aclink.org surrogate or call me anytime at 609-705-2572. That's 609-705-2572. The Atlantic County Surrogates Office. We're here when you need us. Paid for by Jim Curcio for Surrogate. Hello. You are live on the air, Voice of Freedom Radio Program. It's Mark from Mantua. Mark from Mantua. How are you tonight, my friend? Good. I've been out all night, so I haven't really been listening, but uh, I would suspect you guys were talking about Hunter Biden. We've touched on we've touched on Hunter Biden's escapades a little bit. Um, yeah, I we, we've actually we've actually talked about a whole bunch of different we, stuff we, tonight. So me, me and me and Hunter were out together. We were. Smoking a little crack together, so <laughs> if I seem a little out of it, it's because I was with Hunter. Uh huh. Well, you know what? I mean, I hope I hope he was buying because he has a lot more money than you do. <laughs> he definitely. Does. So I hope he's got he's got way more money. He, the guy was making what a million dollars a month or Hi, something. This is Atlanta County surrogate. Pro surveillance CCTV is a family owned. The Hamilton Arts Center at 10 South Second Street has been providing local art to Hamilton since 19. 19- Mark, you still there? Yes. I'm yes, sorry. I have a I have a producer in training, as you know, and uh, periodically he gets a little confused with the technology. But uh, you know, we provide we provide employment sometimes to folks who need who need a helping hand. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to do that. <laughs> my producer, my, you don't want to know you don't want to know what my the, the hand gestures that I'm getting right now from my from my fickle producer. But anyway, anyway, we were talking about the illustrious one, Hunter Biden. Did you see some of the pictures that were published? I I did. Yeah, it's 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 pretty pathetic. But I you know it's hard to feel sorry for the guy. I know. You know, and sometimes what I've been doing lately. And I mean, sometimes it's just like Googling around, but I'll, I, I try to look at uh, foreign countries, or maybe you told me this, but somebody mentioned it, 
But I, I watched some British news shows on it, just so it wouldn't be slanted. I, I, I'm assuming, but yeah, they they ha- they did not have kind things to say about them. So, uh, but so I did see the pictures, and it's uh, he, he's definitely uh, he's like Char- uh, Charlie Sheen, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know he was as bad as that. I mean. It's, it is sad. It's it's uh, disheartening. Well, the the saddest thing the saddest thing here is is the 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 scam, the con, the grift that's being perpetrated well, on the American people by the Biden yeah, crime family. Absolutely. I mean, ab- 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 absolutely, no no doubt about that. And uh, you know, it's just tough to see somebody so disturbed. But he's like basically selling his country out, and Biden Joe mm-hmm. Biden letting them sell it out. You know, because his son has a drug problem. I mean, yeah. in some ways, you know, and 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 and, and you know, we we expect this kind of behavior, and we got this kind of behavior, but we expect this kind of behavior from the Clinton crime family, because yeah. because yeah. all they did was sell was sell their positions and influence for thirty years. We didn't know all this stuff about Biden. We always thought Biden yeah. was, you know, you're, you're a career politician, a nobody, a hack, yeah. an empty suit. We didn't realize yeah. that what he had been doing for years was selling yeah. influence and putting money yeah, and no. putting money into his family by funneling it into his kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because, again, I'm, I'm not as versed on politics as you, but I, I did read for many, many years that, you know, Joe Biden kind of lived, you know, well, trade, you know, whatever they call him. Amtrak Joe or whatever, because he rode, rode the train back and right. forth to D.C. every day. And it sounded like he he was pretty humble and he was very modest, didn't have a big house. Only till recent, like, since he left the White House. And now he's got, like, you know, a mansion. And I think it's Greenville. Right. Um, it's a part of Wilmington. Yeah. But, you know, it definitely seemed like, yeah, he was, you know, more of an average Joe. But... Right. Uh, oh no, that's the way they've always packaged was, the guy. Yeah. They, you know, they've tried. Clearly, even now, I saw. He was better. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. Clearly, he was better at like he he, he was better. You know, again, I'm an, I'm a CPA. Like he, he was better at like he was smart enough to know how to funnel the money that you know wasn't yeah. necessarily going to him. No doubt. And and you know what? That's that's the brilliance of any any scam. I mean, whether it's Enron or MCI. You know, that's how you do it. You just, you take care of the people around you and you put things in other people's names. And that's what he did, it looks like. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there's yeah, a commercial I mean, running. I saw, I've seen it twice now. I saw it today. And, and the commercial tries to paint Joe Biden as this nice guy, average guy. And it, and it starts off something like Joe Biden is happy being in the background. Joe Biden yeah. doesn't need a lot of notoriety. And I guess it's like a shot at Trump, you know, because Trump obviously is this yeah. bigger, light, larger than life kind of personality, and he commands the room. Uh-huh. In the meantime, Joe Biden doesn't command any room. He he, yeah. he might command the bathroom when he's the only one in it, but that's probably about it. Uh, Biden, yeah. Biden walks into a room and people probably keep on talking and don't even notice he's there. But, uh, you know, they're trying to sell him as this, you know, average guy and, and he's yeah. happy to he's happy to be a team player, and he's happy yeah. to be in the background and just work to get things yeah. done. You know this, and, and all this or yeah, yeah, all like. this gibberish. In the meantime, the guy's a quazillionaire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know he he made a ton of money when he was in the Senate in Delaware, yeah. 
yeah. and we know yeah. Delaware is notorious for the for the crooked banking industry. Yeah. That that yeah. that bankrolled you know gibberish Joe for yeah. years and put a ton of money in his coffers. Another yeah. one, another one is is his wife. Yeah. I, I'm reading in the Philadelphia paper th- this week that she's she's talking about you know that she's a hometown Philadelphia girl. Now she was in Hamilton about two months ago yeah. or so, and the Hamilton yeah, paper Hamilton, and the Hamilton right. paper wrote her up as being uh, this Hamilton girl. Is is there a yeah. town? Is there a town in the tri-state area that Jill Biden is not a, is didn't grow up in? I, I mean, I, I'm getting I, sick and tired of hearing <laughs> about this chick. Yeah. You know, she, she wants to move every couple years. <laughs> yeah. Little, I guess. yeah, yeah, she's got roots everywhere. But uh, you know, it's it's the same nonsense. It's just, you know, she's just this, she's this nice person, and she's a homebody and all this nonsense. Or, 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 or Joe, he's he's from Scranton, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania. Yeah, Scranton Joe. He's he's from Scranton. He's from there. Delaware. You know, yeah. it's it's tiresome. It's tiresome. <laughs> he's from everywhere, it's from the East Coast. Yeah, but, but and in the meantime, the guy's selling influence. He's selling influence to the Chinese. He's selling influence to the Ukrainians, putting millions of dollars in his kid's pocket and his own. And his own. Um, Yeah, it's it's I I, I hope I hope that some of these some of these Republicans in Congress are going to push the issue on Biden because some of this stuff really needs to get exposed before the election. Obviously, they're you know, their mainstream media, you know, pom pom waivers aren't going to do it. So, it, you know, it's going to have to be some of the Republicans well, the, in Congress. The, the, other, the other fascinating thing about whether it's Hillary Clinton or, or uh, 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 Wiener, you know, Anthony Wiener, like the, the stupidity, like why does Hunter Biden just leave a laptop at, at a place and he doesn't even go and pick it up? And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's so bizarre. A I laptop mean, with all kinds of incriminating evidence. Know. You know, yeah. emails, photographs, video. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and he, he went well, to it, law school. He went to, he went to Yale Law School. Like, like, you know, like, even if you look at, when I go to my dry cleaners, if you ever get that slip, it says, you know, if you don't pick it up in 30 days, it's ours. I mean, it's like. Or is it like a car that you get towed? We take it, you know. It's like well, but he he might have gone to he might have gone to the Ivy League. School? You know, he he probably went to an Ivy League school like his you know his dad. His dad, I think, finished last yeah. in his class, didn't he? Right, right. Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. and he cheated, and and he he cheated in right, law school, yeah. and he still finished last. If you're going to cheat, at least finish in the top ten. But <laughs> Jibber Show, Jibber Show wasn't even a good cheater. <laughs> Was Joe Biden and Hunter like were they absent the day they were teaching law and law school? I mean, what? what, yeah. what I mean, it's just amazing. No, nah, it doesn't apply to them. It doesn't apply to them. You know that that's the problem with all these people. They they don't think that those rules are for them. They are for people like you and me. They are not for them. The yeah. rules the yeah, rules right, don't right, apply right. to them. It's and you know it's the, the same philosophy that Clinton's had. It's. They're above yeah. it. They're, they're, the rules don't apply to them, you know, and the rest of us are deplorables and, and we're bad people no. and, you know, we smell, we, we shop at Walmart. Um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what makes these people who they are. I, I, I hope at the end of, I hope at the end of Trump's presidency that people can at least look back and say, hey, you know, I, the guy was, it was Prask and he was a New Yorker and but you know, at least he's you know you know he's not a guy that's going to lie to you. He is what he is, you right, know. Right. Right. Like, exactly. I, I I just I'm so amazed 
if I hear one more time, while Obama was a statesman and right. And, you know, I again, I, I don't know what age. I'm 54 now, but, you know, I, I don't want to – I don't like being lied to and bullshit. I mean, it's insulting to my intelligence. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather tell you – I'd rather have somebody say, you know what, I'm a scumbag. I'm going to steal from you, and that's the way it comes. That's the way it is. I can accept that honesty, but why, why do you want me to believe that you're a statesman and all this guy and – you're this great God, and you sh- you're like Mother Teresa, but you're not. And I'm mm-hmm. just a, well, he sounded like Mother Teresa. Well, right. he's not Mother Teresa. I mean, that's like the most absurd argument that Obama was presidential looking. Oh, People, what did he do? I wish I had a I mean, dollar like, for every time I he- I've heard that from, from one of my liberal so friends. It's insulting to my intelligence. Yeah. I, I don't care if you sound like a He was teacher. slick. You're, he was slick yeah. is what he was. He was slick. He sold himself very well. He was, he was, he was the snake oil salesman. Okay, the prototypical snake oil salesman. He was the the slickest politician on on the planet. The same way. In the same oh, so, yeah, but, Billy was, but, 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 Hillary was, and Hillary wasn't slick at all. She yeah. was, she was crude and crass. That's why she couldn't get Didn't elected. They call him slick Willie, yeah, or like Bill, slick Willie. You know, so you know, again, so you just, uh, you know, but people are so they rather have that and be lied to and believe that these people are Mother Teresa when they really know they're not. Right, but at least they feel comfortable. Because it looks like they got Mother Teresa in the White House. <laughs> I'd rather have I'd rather have the person like Donald Trump. Yeah, he ain't lying to me. I know yeah. what he is. Exactly. Like, you know, it's okay. It's now, at no point, at no point in his in his presidential career has has the Trumpster tried to represent himself as anything other than what he is. Oh, no. You know, and and again, Not, for better, for honesty. better or for worse, for better, you know, in some and and in some parts, and you know, and I've criticized him on this program. We we. Pretty much took yeah. him apart after his what I what I said was a terrible debate performance. Um, but I'll I'll still take him over any of these slick politician Democrats any day of the week. Yeah. At least the guy is genuine. At least he's genuine. You watch you watch. And I was talking a little bit earlier about about Cory Booker's performance today and yesterday in uh, the in the in the Comey Barrett hearings. Yeah. You know, here is one of the most ungenuine individuals in the history of American politics is Cory Booker. The guy is as phony well, he, as a $3 well, he, bill. He, li- he lives in the bad streets of Newark, yeah. except it's not Newark, it's Hoboken. Yeah, yeah. No, no, his, <laughs> his, biography, his biography has more, his autobiography has more fictional characters. Obama, Obama wrote the book there, though. Obama's autobiography was full of fictional characters, too. But uh, Booker Booker is is ungenuine. There, as, as is Kamala Harris, and is a lot or a lot of them. They just uh, they stand for nothing. They have no values, no core values, no soul. Um, it's a shame. Mark, I think it's showing though, and that's a good thing. But all right, well, look, thanks for taking my call. And always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to hear for from right. Mark from Mantua. Don't be a stranger, my friend. We need to hear from you bef- before the uh, bef- uh, during this election cycle. Okay. I will definitely call in. All, All right. right. Have a great night. Mark from Mantua, one of our favorite callers on the Voice of Freedom radio program. Enrico. Enrico, you, you got the board under control now? It's, it's you. It uh, always happens in the we, 8 o'clock hour. Uh-huh. It's me, right? I'm, it's you. I, I, don't have any, I don't have my fingers anywhere near the control it, board, it's your, but it's me. It's your negativity. <laughs> 
you you must be a Democrat because you're you, you're like Cuomo. You're not to blame for anything. You want to blame me? Hey, if he could get away with it, why can't I? <laughs> I mean, come on now. We're not that far from New York. You know, it's rubbing off. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to take our last break of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Voice of Freedom Radio program, and I will give out the numbers one last time before uh, we take a break. Lots of stuff on the docket tonight, so feel free to call and talk about any of the things we've talked about tonight. Okay, open lines right now, 609-593-9654, 609-593-WNJH. And hopefully, if my producer can figure out the control board, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. From the <laughs> oh, my producer, once again is giving me the Kamala Harris bad body language stuff going on over there on the other side of the board there. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be right back, folks. Hi, I'm Atlantic County Surrogate James Curcio. Upon my graduation from law school at William & Mary in 1985, I began the practice of law with a specialization in the field of wills and estates. Those 30 years of training and experience are helpful because the main job of the surrogate judge is to determine the validity of wills and to decide issues surrounding estate administration. With me as surrogate, the taxpayers will never need to pay outside attorneys to do the work of the office. I am a hands-on surrogate. I conduct my own legal research. I take a personal interest in every case that comes into our offices, along with an outstanding staff. I review the applications, read the wills, and I personally sign every order and judgment. Above all, I've worked to be a problem solver, to cut the red tape, and to save people time and money. I have great hopes for the future of the surrogate's office. I humbly ask for your vote to continue the progress we've made. On Tuesday, November 3rd, please vote Republican. Curcio for surrogate. Thank you. Paid for by Curcio for surrogate. Looking for a place to hang out with family and friends and have a great time too? Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey, is the place for you. Dave and Steve Ruberton have kept traditions of the townhouse alive and well for more than 35 years. Open daily at 4 p.m., Rocco's Townhouse has a very large selection of micro-brew beers, both on tap and in the bottle. Along with daily dinner specials, you will never walk away hungry. Looking for something different? Rock Bottom Whiskey Bar is the place located downstairs at Rocco's Townhouse. It's open every Friday and Saturday night at 7 p.m. and it doesn't stop there. Live events from some of the greatest local bands in the area make the evening better. Look to have your next event at Rocco's Townhouse and Rock Bottom Whiskey Bar. Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey is the place where everyone is meeting. Don't forget to visit them online at Rocco'sTownhouse.com or give them a call at 609-561-9384. That's 609-561-9384. Everyone meets at Rocco's Townhouse. Now back to Voice of Freedom with your host, Dr. Otto Hernandez. Welcome back. Voice of Freedom radio program. We are in the stretch run of the evening. Okay. Um, great guest tonight if you missed it earlier congressman jeff van drew was fantastic we talked a little bit about his conversion from a democrat to a republican the process that he took his conversation with the president and essentially the congressman's viewpoints on the importance of this election uh, we had a nice chat and the congressman was outstanding if you tuned in late and missed it um, the podcast and all of our podcasts are on the website, so if you've missed previous shows, you can stream previous programs from the podcast on the website. 
Um, I also post on Facebook Live. After the program, we upload the entire program to Facebook. So you can live stream the entire program either later in the evening or tomorrow or another day of the week if you miss particular parts. But uh, I think uh, the congressman's interview tonight was probably one of the best we've done in the in the times in the in the year or so that we've been on the air. I certainly enjoyed having him on the program, and uh, many great calls tonight, Rick, from the local to the national. Right, we've covered all topics tonight: the local election scene, the county election scene, and of course what's going on at the federal and national level yes with trump and biden uh gibberish joe you know runs his rallies and he gets they were saying today and this this is the kind of stuff that astounds me kamala harris you know because somebody in the campaign got covid she's canceling the rest of her appearances or something or other these people don't really want to be out in public she and Biden draw five people when they have a rally, and the five people are sitting in these stupid circles 10 feet away from each other. Why do you need to cancel anything? Nobody's going to come close to anybody because, first of all, there aren't that many people there. It's not like a Trump rally where people are on top of each other. Their rallies are a handful of people sitting in circles 10 feet away from each other. Who's going to get infected? The only thing you can get infected with are bad ideas. That's about it. Okay, and the people sitting in the audience are getting all their questions fed to them by the Democrat National Committee. Um, by the way, uh, tonight uh, we are we're we're up against it tonight, right? We're up against it. We have Thursday night football. We have two. Oh, that's right, no football tonight. We have two town halls going on simultaneously. We have a real one where the guy takes real questions from a real audience, and then we have a fake one where the guy takes fake questions from a fake audience um, that he's been already prompted and tested before. Um, Democrats are good for that. They want to have the answers to the test. Last year, you might remember last election cycle, the, uh, the notorious and illustrious Donna Brazil, who's now a Fox employee, okay? Donna Brazil was the chairperson of the Democrat National Committee, and she was feeding the questions to Hillary Clinton prior to the debates she got exposed <laughs> and even though she had the questions and the trumpster didn't the trumpster still out debated her hillary could have all the answers to the test and she could still fail them because she's just not smart enough and uh trump kind of embarrassed her last year in the or last election in the debates i think what's going to happen this time around is what happened last time and that is trump will beat a very, very bad Democrat candidate. Democrats can't seem to find a candidate that's worth anything. Um, and the Democrats are going to be very sore, as they were in 2016, and then spend the next four years trying to make up for the fact that they lost the election um, by trying to get the president out. Does that sound familiar? That is what we're going to see in 2021 and beyond um, after the Trumpster brings it home in November and that is a replay. Um, and we're seeing it in action already. The Democrats are already. And, and again, if you're, if you're winning, if you're so far ahead, as these polls keep saying, if you're winning and you're so far ahead, why do you need to keep talking about the other side going to cheat and not going to concede 
okay, and the Republicans are trying to suppress the vote, you're, you're, you're far ahead. What are you worried about? You shouldn't be all that concerned if you're winning by this much. All right, let's go to the phones. You're live on the air, Voice of Freedom Radio program. Hey, Otto, it's John from Spring City. How you doing? John from Spring City. How are you tonight, my friend? Always a pleasure to hear oh, from you. Uh, you had a great interview with Jeff Andrew tonight. That Wasn't he fantastic? Wasn't he fantastic? He was, yes, he was. Kind of makes me wish I was back in South Jersey so I could vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know uh, what? You let me know. You let me know where your ballot went, and I'll go pick it up and vote <laughs> and vote for you. How's that? <laughs> I'm sure there's some, <laughs> something floating around down there with my name. Well, on. hopefully hopefully your ballot didn't end up in the hands of a Democrat, because if it did, you know where uh, that's yeah. going. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hey, can the uh, Democrats say anything worthwhile? I mean, really, the, the, the confirmation <laughs> hearings, uh, uh-huh. the Democrats are just babbling, just babbling. Yeah. Yeah, it's embarrassing. They can't they can't lay a glove on this woman. They you know, it's so obvious and it's so pathetic. They can't lay a glove on her regardless of what they throw at her. She basically deflects everything. And she does it in a matter of fact manner, you know. Um, Yeah, I already said that. I said that yesterday. You know, quit bugging me with your dumb questions type of thing. Uh, But she's unflappable. She doesn't you know, as as we were saying earlier. Compare compare her behavior and her comportment to Kamala Harris doing the, the her her debate with with uh, Pence. The uh, eye rolling, the, the smirks, the body language. You you know if 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 Comey Barrett was uh, you know wanted to behave as as you and I would behave because I'd be sitting there taking some of the questions and comments from these dopey Democrats. I'd be rolling my eyes. I'd be making exactly. faces. I'd be like. Are you crazy? What kind of a stupid question is that? You know that type of thing. You know, but this woman was unflappable. She yeah. was. She was like. She I don't know well. if you remember the old Star Trek with Mister Spock. Mister Spock was always logical. He never, never got flustered. Never got. <laughs> that's a she. Nope. This was. This was Comey Barrett. Was remarkable. What a performance by her. She did uh, very well. And the gibberish coming oh, from these people. Is- who? Who was your? I mean, it's hard to pick one. I'm I'm pick, I'm going with Macy Hirano for her idiotic comments, but who who would you pick as the most idiotic of all the Democrats um, during oh, the d- during the uh, the hearing? Pick pick your pick your winner <laughs> or your loser, whichever one whichever way you want to go. I you know I actually thought Cory Booker was was it yesterday? I was listening. Uh huh. It really sounded like he was trying to flirt with her. The first day he got on and was questioning her, he was a lot more <laughs> uh, harsh and abrasive. Uh-huh. And then he sounded like the smooth-talking guy that was, <laughs> thought he could outsmart her. Uh-huh. And, he, and she just, you know, she was like three steps ahead of him, but he right. was just like trying to sound like this guy at the bar trying to buy her a drink. And, you know, she basically took the drink and dumped it on him. <laughs> That's too good. That's funny, John. You know, I did catch that. And and Booker is funny that way cuz the, the guy is he, the guy overacts. I mean, he's not a very good actor. He did. And and a lot of a lot of what stuff with him is just performance, you know? He's always performing. Exactly. And and, and, and yeah, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't see the flirting thing that you're seeing. That's that's hilarious. But he was he was kind of going into this um 
Yeah, like Mr. Suave type of thing with, with her. It was more his tone, the tone of his yeah. voice when he was talking to her. It was like, <laughs> That's hilarious. That's too funny. I'm your buddy, I'm your friend, you know, come have a drink with me kind of thing. And she just <laughs> took that drink and dumped it on him. Yeah, it yeah she wasn't having any of it. Um, Not at all. You know, and, and yeah, was, was she three steps ahead of him? Yeah, probably at least three steps ahead of him. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there was one Democrat in that in that inquisition that was her intellectual equal um she, you know she's so much smarter than all of them uh and it's and it was very and, evident and Kamala Harris getting in there and questioning her i don't think that was proper i think she should have uh, stepped away and not questioned because she's she's a candidate in the election and mm-hmm. i don't think that's right that she's um, yeah. But she, you know what? She was politicking. She had to get yeah, on. Yeah. She had to put her digs in about Donald Trump. Right. It wasn't so much about um, Barrett as it was, uh, you know, get her get her digs in on Donald Trump. And uh, yeah, there were there were. I, I mean, I I watched on and off because I'm working during the day, but I'm home. I'm working from home, thankfully. Uh, and I, yeah. you know, I have it on in the background, and I can catch a little bit here and there. There were there were moments. Where these and each one of these senators gets thirty minutes, which is to me it's absurd. Okay, you 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 need thirty minutes to 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 ask questions. I mean, come on, ten minutes should be good. But you know they they get a couple of times. White this guy Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island, right? What a fraud this guy is. Okay, he spent thirty minutes, and Comey Barrett didn't say a word. He never asked a question. He spent the entire thirty minutes, right, monologuing, politicking. Showing yeah. pictures, I mean, charts, great. You know, nobody was paying any attention to what this clown was saying. It was all nonsense. In the meantime, Kobe exactly. Barrett's sitting there, like, thinking, like, okay, buddy, what do you got? You got a question for me, or what are we doing? In the meantime, this guy's just going on and on for 30 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was an embarrassment. It was not a confirmation hearing. They, half the questions they asked weren't relevant. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, after what we saw with Kavanaugh, I kept yeah. waiting. I kept waiting because if you recall with Kavanaugh, what was what was the name of the woman they they trotted out at the last minute? I forget her name now. It escapes me. Uh, what was her? The name? woman that was claiming that Kavanaugh raped her. The, the, the name escapes me now. But anyway, they trotted her out at the last minute. She was sort of a last gasp, right? And they brought yeah. her in at the last minute and extended these hearings and so on and so forth. I I keep waiting for them to have to bring somebody out of the woodwork. Okay, that that has some dirt on this woman. Okay, the only problem yeah. is they, they they can't touch her. They, no. You know, even if you fabricated and and the woman and the woman before was a total fabrication. None of the things she accused Kavanaugh of were actually you know ever happened. It was all nonsense. Um, exactly. If they were to bring somebody like that out of the woodwork to testify against Comey Barrett's you know character or her history. It would fall. It would fall flat because this woman is a, so far above that type of stuff. Okay, yeah. this woman is like is like a textbook. It, it, the the feminist movement. Okay, if she was a liberal, she's a conservative, but if she were a liberal, the feminist movement would crown this woman. Okay, because oh, yeah. she she's risen to the top of her profession. Right, adopted two kids from Haiti. Right, black kids. Yeah, a family of seven kids. Right, 
and still manages yep. and still manages to be at the top of her profession. And she's at the top. I mean, it's not yeah. that she's one of the, she's the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if she were a liberal, this they would be carrying this woman down down the the, the oh, highway exactly. from the Capitol right to the White House. They'd be carrying her on their shoulders, like like you know the, the winning coach at the Super Bowl. <laughs> but uh, she's a conservative, so she's worthy of scorn and idiotic comments. Uh, and ask if he, if she's ever sexually molested anyone, and and yeah, and these uh, types of derogatory remarks that should be beneath a senator. You know, Hirono, Hirono is, is my, my idiot of the week. I mean, I, I can't. Somebody should, somebody should go back and, and see, because she says she asks everybody those questions. And I'd like to go back and check and see if she really does. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure, they, I'm sure when they get a liberal judge, she, she asks those questions. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, most of the most of the Inquisition was was a were, were veiled shots at the president, basically. They were, they and, were. and you know, and, and Comey Barrett was, again outstanding. She's made no deals. I haven't had I haven't talked yeah. to the president about the ACA, and I'm my own person. I'm going to make my own decisions. So basically, anything they threw at her, she just deflected it, and she didn't even yeah, and she didn't even it. deflect it like like it was a bullet coming at her. No, no, she deflected it like it was dandruff on her shoulder. It's like no. What are you talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, don't forget Nancy Pelosi with Wolf Blitzer. She entertainment was that entertainment was great. Oh my God, that that is must see TV. And and, and the, here are the two here are the two things that stand out to me from that. Because if you haven't seen it, folks, please Google it. You must Google Nancy Pelosi's interview with Wolf Blitzer this week, where Blitzer basically is saying, why aren't you passing this stimulus bill, Nancy? And, and Blitzer actually has the audacity to challenge her and say, you just don't want the president to get a win, do you? Exactly. <laughs> and Nancy blew her stack. You know, this is what happens when you drink before you do an interview. If you're going to go on TV and do an, a national interview, lay, lay off the sauce, Nancy, okay? It's not a good look for you. It's not a good look for yeah. you. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> it's remarkable how thin-skinned she is. Any the handful yeah. of times, the handful of times somebody from the media has asked her a tough question, and it haven't been many because these people don't ask tough questions to Democrats, but the handful of times that she's asked a tough question, she flips her lid. She flies off the handle. Yeah. Every, she totally loses it, totally loses it like she did there goes into this babbling and this arrogance and this, you know, pushing back, saying to Wolf Blitzer right. that he's in the bag of Republicans. Oh, you're always, you know, you're always, like, are you serious, Nancy? Wolf Blitzer on CNN is taking the side of the president? I mean, come on, pay attention. Yeah. But, she, you know, they're, they're so unaccustomed to getting the kind of questions that Trump gets on a regular basis. Right, because yep. Trump is yep. Trump deals with a hostile media day in and day out, right? Yeah. And this this woman, you know, once every six months gets a tough question and she flips her lid. <laughs> it's 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 amazing to me. She can't. This is the Speaker of the House. She's a poster yeah. poster child for term limits. This woman. Okay, you talk about overstaying your welcome. It, it's it's astounding. Yeah. But Dan Dan from Winona was talking about it when he was on the air earlier and. She wields so much power. They can't get her out. Yeah. I'm sure half I'm sure half of the Democrats in the House of Representatives would love to get rid of her. 
AOC and all her ilk. They can't stand right. her. They can't stand her. But they can't. They they can't do anything. They can't do anything against her. She's a, an institution. Nancy is. But uh, what a what a what a what an unbalanced what an unbalanced and sad individual she is. It's, it's just. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, folks, do yourself a favor. You, I truly, you will enjoy it. By the end of the interview, she's babbling, right? Remember at the end of the interview, she's oh yeah, she's going, I feed the I feed the hungry. Do you feed the beggars? I feed the beggars. Yeah. I mean, like oh. this this nonsense. <laughs> it was comical. It was. It was comical. It's 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 so fun to watch, really. I mean, it's just, and this is the woman who says, you know, criticizes Trump for not being, you know, right in the head and all this stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, Governor Cuomo didn't leave let us down either today with his remarks about uh blaming the uh facility people uh the nursing home yep. uh, facility i almost yep. said faculty yep. but um for the contamination you know of, of the elderly everybody's to blame but him he exactly. signed the executive order but it's the nursing homes that screwed up it's the federal government that screwed yep. up the cdc screwed up everybody screwed up except saint andrew saint andrew puts yeah. out a book about leadership I don't know if you saw uh, that today, but he released a book about leadership during the COVID crisis, and he talks about his. Le it's, uh, I think it's called "Lessons in Leadership" or something like that. This is this is the audacity these people have, right? Uh, and and to this day, and I, to this day, his own uh, people in his own party are are, are looking to do uh, investigations into into how he handled the COVID crisis, which he continues to shut down. He doesn't want any yeah. investigation into how he handled the crisis. Moron. He screwed it up. Yeah, he's a total moron. John, keep up the great work. Always anyway. a pleasure to hear from you. Yes, it was fun to call in tonight. Have All right. One. Thanks for taking my call again, and great show. Absolutely. Take Thank care. you, John. Well, you we've bet. had a terrific show tonight, folks. Um, this is one of the shows that is going to go down in the annals of the Voice of Freedom. Okay, terrific callers, terrific topics. I guess we're, we're lucky that some of these topics landed on our lap <laughs> this week. Uh, from the local to the national, the silence of the lambs uh, locally to, uh, you know, the silence of Joe Biden nationally. But uh, it's, been, it's been fun, Enrico. I had a lot of fun tonight. Uh, just so you know, Doctor, tonight makes your 25th episode. 25. 25. So it is a milestone. Oh, for you. my God. As, you know, it, it, if it were an anniversary, it would be a silver anniversary. Yeah, right? no, thank God it's not. But and, yes. and uh, you know, and I don't get any silver for doing it, but that's, that's neither, neither do I. Either. I sit here for two hours and have to listen to you. So. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, I know. God yeah. bless you, young man. You are, you are, indeed, you are indeed blessed. All right. Uh, what did George Burns used to say to Gracie? Oh, uh, I was never a fan of Burns. And I, I, I believe he used to say, say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a real pleasure tonight and a privilege to be with you uh, on another great, great episode of Voice of Freedom. We're three weeks away, okay, maybe a little less than three weeks away at this point, but uh, keep up the great work. Keep up the positivity, okay? We are the silent majority, and we are not yet ready, not by any means, to turn the country over to the Marxists, the socialists, the anarchists. Stay positive. We are the majority. We will prevail in November 3rd. We will be heard. Have a great night and see you next week.
Join us again next Thursday at 7 p.m. for another edition of Voice of Freedom with Dr. Otto Hernandez. WNJH Radio, its owners and associates, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this site or the radio station, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. This site does not endorse anything as the truth. That you will have to judge for yourself. But we try to speak the truth on the owner's behalf and reserve the right to question Question the supposed truth. It is sometimes hard to get the truth, but we must try. It is not our intention to libel, discriminate, make hate, or annoy anyone. This site takes no responsibility for the opinions of others in the postings of comments in chat rooms or forum posts.